welcome back to another episode of the Fan Levitard Show, the fastest growing Dan Levitard Show fan YouTube channel. Thanks again for tuning in, and you may have noticed we've been gone for a bit. Well, I've been busy though. If you follow me on socials, you know each week I've been trying to do a my version of the club, and <clears throat> it's been a lot of work. But also I've been dealing with uh, some health issues that hopefully will be wrapped up here um, and hoping to bring a lot more content to you guys. But here's what I have for you today. A clip show. That's right. Going to go back and look at some of the favorite guests that we've had on and some of the favorite things we've done with them. Uh, and I'll throw in a couple things. I know if you... Uh, Zaw on Twitter, I did say that I was doing an investigation into Messi's cart, which everybody's talking about, his Publix cart. He's officially landed in Miami, so I am going to drop my Messi Publix cart take, not here, but a little bit later in the episode. So we got ourselves a clip show, and maybe you're here because you just started following me, you've seen the club that I produced, and I did encourage people to come and listen to this episode. Thank you if that's you and you're here. Uh, hopefully this is a good introduction by hearing some of the guests. We like to have fun, just like the Levitard Show. And the first uh, highlight that I'm going to play for you is a little portion of our interview with Billy Gill. And you'll notice when he came in, he did not waste any time being Billy Gill. So enjoy. Nathan, Hello. do you see him? I man, do. The myth, the legend. Sorry I'm late. Where are you? My my clock reads and reads noon. You're you're on time, buddy. Oh. I mean mine does read nine oh two and fifty six seconds, but I'll let it slide. You know, here's the thing about time. It's all made up, right? Like we just assigned random numbers to things, but we did agree upon the numbers that we would meet at, so what do you guys have? Like, does every clock in your house have the same time? Because I thought that I set the stove and the microwave to the same time, but somehow they're a minute off. Uh, but I set them at the same time to the same time. So one of them obviously moves either faster or slower than the other. And they both are not like the same as my phone. And I pretty much just go by my phone because I assume my phone is always right, right? You would like to think I would, so. Yeah. But Sorry, like my, I've already started a, a strange place. And no, it's it's all it's thing. all good. Um, my car does this weird thing. I don't. I think its clock is programmed wrong because it would be like three minutes fast, but then over time it progressively mm. gets up to like ten minutes fast. So I think it's operating on like fifty nine point like nine nine seconds. Mm. So I constantly mm -hmm. have to readjust it. Do I used to send my I used to send my car fifteen minutes ahead. And, and I would be stressing myself out thinking I would be late, even though I was like, I was pretty much on time. I'm always like 15 minutes late. So I set it 15 minutes ahead. So then I was getting places on time. But while I was driving like to work in particular, I would still stress myself out looking at the clock, even though I knew that I had set it to like 15 minutes ahead. And then I had to remember like this time when time changed, did I make it 15 minutes ahead or did I make it 10 minutes ahead? Or is it like 12 minutes ahead? Because I wasn't consistent with that either. So I was always trying to freak out, like trying to figure out what time it actually was when I was driving. You haven't asked me about any of this. I'm sorry. I'm just sharing things. <laughs> no, it's okay. But if it brings up a side topic of appliances, why can't you get your act together? Because 
you know, my oven has one time and the oven hood has another time because mm. like Ty was mentioning, it just starts running ahead. So the other day I had to adjust it because I look up and it's like 847 there and look down at my oven and it's like 842 and I'm like, what's going on here? Do you guys have, have any a- analog clocks left in your house or are you all digital? Because we have one analog clock in our room. It's like kind of high up and uh, the batteries are dead in it. And so like mm. when the when the time adjusts for like daylight savings, we don't even bother messing it with it anymore. Like it's just not worth the hassle. So it just doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not it's, running. It's just there. What time yeah, is it? It's there. Um, it's 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 correct twice a day. So I like, was going to say, a, you know what they say about a broken clock? It's not a complete waste. Yeah. But like well, the what thing time with is analog it, clocks, is like, if you, like daylight savings time, if you want to go up and change it, it's just such a hassle. Like, what are we doing here? Like, mm. it's a waste. What time did it die at? Like, when is it right? Um, I want to say it's like 940 something. Hmm. So I'm never around to actually see it be correct. Billy, if you could, if you could have a, a clock die at a, any particular time, which time would you pick? That's a really good question. Uh, hmm. I think kind of to your point, I would want it to be dead at a time that I'd see it be right twice a day, right? So like any time between like 11 and 6 I would want it to not have died then cuz I'm probably not going to see it like 11 to 6 even though that's like ambitious. Um hmm. How about like 8:30? No, 8:34. It's a good solid time. Yeah, is it? I mean, it's just the time. Yeah. I think you're just being nice. It's it's all it's all made up anyway. Time, can money. I, can I ask you guys a question before we get to uh the topics that you'd like to discuss? Sure. Um, do you do you guys eat meat? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, how much? Uh, I don't know your your living situations and how many people like you go to the grocery store for and all of that. But um, do you go to the deli and buy ham? And if so, how much ham do you buy when you go to the deli? Nathan, I defer to you. My my family <laughs> does not really consume ham. Mm. I have never bought ham from the deli itself um just in the deli already packaging um Uh, pre-packaged yeah and how much how much comes in that because that's really my question because you know there's a variety right you've got your eight ounces your 12 ounces your 16 ounces i'm pretty sure there's probably in some universe some 24 ounces so you Mm -hmm. you've got a variety you've got honey baked you've got black forest yeah um so you there's a lot of options out there and how right? much do you go with usually i'll tell you, you know, this i went i i've been i used to get more but my wife throws away the ham very quickly because she says that it goes bad so now i'm getting like a quarter pound of ham and i just i didn't have lunch before this but i just went in the fridge and i grabbed two slices of thinly sliced uh, sweet ham that I ate before this to have the energies for this interview and I was just wondering if a quarter pound is a lot or a little when you go to the store but I do it just because I don't want my wife throwing away that the leftover ham because she's decided that it's gone bad because we didn't eat it quick enough 
We don't I'd need say to talk about a, ham. I was just wondering. I do have a meat question though. While we're on the while we're on the topic, a local okay. uh, a local barbecue joint opened up near me, and they served this Bloody Mary uh, visual medium, um, but that is a Bloody Mary with like hunks of like brisket in it. Hmm. How do we feel about that? A drink with meat in it. Seems like a lot. I don't. I don't know that I would do that. No, it seems heinous, right? Like, it's, is there a pickle in that too? Yes, there was a pickle, and there was like meat skewered uh, with a pickle thrown in. I'm not a pickle fan. Same. Are you Are you picking that off, Ty, and throwing that into your drink? Like, what did What did you do with that? Oh, I I, I would never personally order that. That That looks like a war oh, crime yeah. to me. Um, like this restaurant literally just opened, and that's what they came out of the box with. And it makes me, frankly, never want to go there. Hmm. You know, that's bringing me to the door. I've never had a Bloody Mary, but if I did, it would be a Bloody Mary like that one. Like, I remember seeing one where they laid some slices of bacon over it. And personally, for me, that's intriguing. Um, that's that's going to get my interest. Um, so I am for meat with my drinks. Hmm. Pro that's, meat. That's weird, Nathan. I just want you to know that. Like that's I mean, strange. I'm pro. I'm pro uh, nacho cheese sushi rolls. Um, you know, just the experiencing it in your drinks. Um, not in my drinks, but you know, in this in the same vein of a drink with brisket, sushi with nacho cheese, two things that maybe don't belong together. Mm. And you know, in terms of the sushi roll, that was a pretty gross experience. But I'm down to try it. So it's a don't knock it until you try it thing. Exactly. They're all ending up in the same place, right? Yeah. In theory. Ah, classic Billy Gill. I love that episode and just love the energy that Billy brought to it. Go ahead. You can uh, find that in our feed and listen to that full episode if you wanted to keep uh, listening to that. Messi has landed in Miami. The public shopping cart scene around the world. And I'm going to give my take here. Unfortunately, this isn't up on the YouTube because uh, Clip Show doesn't make for a great uh, YouTube content. So maybe Google it. You've seen that, though. You've seen the picture. Sugary cereal. Little bites. Is Messi giving his all to Miami? Or is he just treating this like an early retirement? Hmm? That's what maybe many are saying, or they're talking about, hey, he's now a full-on American. What's the take I'm going to give you? And here's the take. I said it bring the sporting world to its knees. Messi does not want his kids to be better than him. Whoa, there, I said it. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad dad. In fact, I bet he's a great dad. I mean, look at all that delicious stuff he got his kids. Nutritious? Not so much. Why? Hmm. Why so many sugars? Who's eating that? Is Messi eating that? No, Messi's not eating that. His body's a temple. You seen that guy? You see that picture of him working out in Miami? Those quads are ripped. He's not having no frosted mini wheats, Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops, or Little Bites. His kids are, though. And is he doing that to sabotage them so they have an even smaller chance of being greater than him? That's what I'm saying. 
Lionel Messi does not want his kids to surpass him in greatness, so he's been sabotaging them with sugary cereals and sugary snacks. Boom! And now, folks, for our next clip, we have another earth-shattering revelation. And I'm going to play a portion of our Chris Cody interview, and a highlight from that uh, was Chris Cody called his dad and recorded him and just the interaction that they had um was hilarious i'm gonna play it a little bit before that uh you you can hear him talking about this around the time a little we talked to him a little bit before the musical came out so you're gonna hear him talking a lot about the musical um so that'll be there uh but chris cody essentially prank calling his dad on our podcast enjoy so this is going great by the way thank you um so i guess the reason we technically brought you on chris is because you guys are releasing this musical tomorrow we're recording this on wednesday the night before the musical drops wow and so we wanted to get some uh what an exclusive for you guys what an exclusive i know what a get it's almost like i planned this whole thing and i was like you know Mm -hmm. what two years ago when you first asked me to come on i was like i'm gonna wait till we do a musical and we're playing it around that you know all that and look at me now look at us but yeah we're doing a musical and i'm and i'm um, gonna get a grammy and we're gonna go on broadway did i just break that wow okay um my my first question was literally going to be how do you think the listeners are going to receive this thing um but it sounds like very well and the academy question gonna answered too. question answered no i'm kidding um how's the audience gonna receive it um i think they're gonna like it I think it's going like if you heard the first two songs, it's going to be a lot of that. It's going to be us clearly being produced by a professional um, and it's going to be funny and it's going to be random and it's well, it actually already is. When's this coming out? Uh, so th- we're going to give this a little time to breathe. So we, we don't want to get completely drowned by y'all's content. So oh. this will be next week. Oh, yeah. So it's out. It's out right now. It's great. The reaction's been great. I'm, I'm doing timeless thing. Yeah. yeah like people love it. Um Beyonce called me. No, I don't know, man. I don't know how people are going to mm. react. It's, it's obviously a hack. It's different. It's, you know, for us, like, you know, Mike and JT kind of like have sheltered us from this thing. So even though it's out now, <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. I've heard like bits and pieces of like when I was recording, I heard the music. I, I've heard parts of it, but I, I'm, I'm laughing like at everybody. Like Stugatz has his own song. Dan comes out at the beginning uh, with a, you know, societal song that like they're all sneaky, catchy. Like that's the part is like I'm like still like I'm all in. Like I'm like you know I'm in my shower like jamming out to these things. All in is a banger. Look out for Goat though. Well, you already are. You already've already heard it. Yeah, Goat it's, is it's great. The, Goat is the song that people are talking about. It's the one that Chris sings the chorus for. He has the first verse. Um, he wasn't. If you look at like the thing, this this is like something I'm giving you an exclusive here. Like you see a couple songs are Billy Gill featuring a bunch of people. A couple songs are this person and this person featuring this. The goat song is just a bunch of names. I'm the first name, but it's a bunch of names. And I sing the chorus and the first verse by myself. I think that should be a Chris Cody song featuring yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, right. I think if this thing takes off, like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to scrub all this. So I, my lawyer can hear it first before we put it out. But I am, I haven't even told Mike this. This is just my see. You guys, I'm, I'm opening up to you guys. Mm-hmm. All my all yeah. my deep down resentments that I've had about this thing, I'm just letting them fly. 
So that song on the record is like just all of us. It's just a bunch of names, but it's really Chris Cody featuring whoever else is on that list. Mm -hmm. Did the music snob, did the music snob make his uh, return during this musical time? Cause really Mike, like they, they mentioned, I believe on the show today, he really hasn't, or maybe it was yesterday. The music snob aspect of him has kind of gone by the wayside or at least not been acknowledged. Did it? Well, it was actually a couple behind the scenes. Yeah. But, uh, Oh yeah, true. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> but Mike, uh, the music snob is 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 always there with Mike. Um, it's not that he, you know, like like the thing we were talking about. He turns it up on air. He's not that unbear. He, it's not really that unbearable off air. Um, but he he's owned this thing. Him and JT have, you know, they wrote it all and JT composed it all and mixed it all and it's it's really impressive, honestly. Like how fast, like as much as. You know, we, we we don't like to give everyone too like our colleagues too much credit, but no, nah, it was really impressive that Mike and JT pulled this off as fast as they did. So, like when you received the pitch for this, what was your gut reaction? It was. I think I was the first one to respond. I think it was it was a Slack thing where Mike, because we have the Slack channel where we just kind of throw like big stupid ideas, and it's like just kind of throwing darts and like see if it gets. And Mike was just like, we should do a, a musical on the Super Bowl. And it was just like, yes, like everyone, it, like not some things get thrown out there and nobody, you know, not everything gets reactions. And that's the whole point of it. And this one got like four or five, like immediate, like, let's do it. That's great. And I think that right there gave Mike the, okay, let's try to do this. And then it, it like timed with JT Daly, this like Grammy nominated producer who's a fan of our show and reached out to Metal Arc, like, hey, if you guys ever, I think he had done it like a month prior, like, hey, if you guys are ever wanted to do anything with music, I'd love to collaborate with the show. And like those two things just kind of, you know, came together and, and Mike was like, all right, let's, let's take a hack at this. So, but it was a Slack channel. And then Chris's first, like, I think I, I got to take credit for this. I think I was the first person to show support in the Slack channel. And, you know, once the first person does, it's like a snowball. So another thing that's that's why it should be really mm-hmm. mike ryan jt daly chris cody but you know well like okay let's yeah. let's go through this then like you know you said you hadn't heard the the whole thing um but now i have but now you have obviously because mm-hmm. it's it's been released for a while and goats now. a banger that's what they're saying um mm-hmm. take us through the process like what surprised you about recording a musical um what caught you off guard um what was easier than expected harder than expected What's, what surprised me well see the thing is it's like we didn't really like a musical is like a broadway is like a feat like where we're like performing so like yeah what we did was is we recorded like as if we were an artist like recording a song that's really what we did we went into our makeshift studio and it was basically just I was impressed by how little time I needed. Like it was each of us. I, I guess I didn't. Maybe I think Billy had more than me. Like there's some people who recorded more stuff than I did. But my session was literally like a two-hour session, where I just did my little part for like four or five songs, and then like my choruses. Like he just was like, "All right, for this song, I need you to come in and go." And then so it would just be like me a couple times being like, "I'm all in." Like, I had never heard the whole All In song, but it's like, I'm all in, I'm all in. Like, he just had me do that, like, five or six times. And then that was that was it. That's He's like, all right, moving on. Next, we got this song. All right, for this one, I need you to go. So it was literally piecemeal. Like, we never were all together singing this, and it was just JT. The moral of the story is JT's a magician. And it was like, he took each of us for two hours and was like, do these things for me. And then we did them, and now he took it, put it in a machine, and made us sound good. 
So, like, you said the initial reception to the idea was good. When the process actually got started, though, was there anyone who was just kind of looking around like, I don't know about this, y'all. Like this, The process was kept, like, like I said, like, Mike and JT really wrote all the music and all the lyrics before we ever recorded. So it was like, literally, I didn't have any clue about what any of the thing was going to be until I got in that booth for those two. I wasn't like, a lot of things we do will be like, hey, you guys want to write? Like, let's have a writing session. Like, I need lyrics for this song. Mike kind of took this, Mike and JT, like, kind of, I don't want to say hid it from us, but just was like, they didn't reach out to us for like, hey, we need help writing this. They just did all that. So it was for us. This, see, Mike would be the one to ask. Like, I think Mike has had a hell of a few weeks and JT hasn't slept. So (laughs) they probably have a different experience this than I do. Mine was just, we're doing a musical. All right, the musical's written. I need you to come in at tomorrow at three and do this yeah. this session. And that was it for me. So that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So like we're literally, I'm literally doing this with you guys the day before the musical comes out, and I haven't heard Goat, even though that's, I just said it's mm-hmm. a banger. <laughs> but some might say the way I, I you approached it. it. I have heard the music when I was yeah. singing. Like I have heard it. I know how it goes. I could give you a little snippet right now. Ooh, and you guys wouldn't do even it. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Do it. You won't. I can't do it. Some, see, yeah, he, he doesn't want Mike to... I don't to, want it to sound yeah. bad. Well, first of all, this won't be released, so I, I think I'd be okay, but it's like, I don't want you guys to hear it and be like, that's what it is? Oh, shit. But, no, it's fine. I can't do it. I changed my mind. Maybe I'll do it at the end. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. tease. Yeah. I mean, some might say the way you approached the musical, that you were all in. Yes. Thank you. He's all yeah. in. It's a banger. Take Me There is good, too. Take me, take me there is good too. See, they, they picked two good songs to, to release, but the my dad's back in my day song is that one I've heard. That one that I've would, heard. Give it, give us some scoops on that one. I can actually, you know what? Well, like everyone, will, like see, this isn't even a scoop. Like I could play like a second of it of you, like on the thing. It would be cool for you guys right now. But by the time people hear this, they will have already heard the song. But they'll at least know you guys got the exclusive. So do you want me to play like a quick little snippet of it on this thing right now? Or absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. All, right, all right, all right, all right. Who who texted me it? I think it was. Wow. Sorry, you can edit. Um, let's see. Out. Back in my day, leather helmets might be mentioned here. Maybe no face masks. This is Greg Cody. He could be talking about throwing around actual pigs. All right, here we go. Um, that, right. Those are my guesses for if we get any lyrical references here. God, all these cookies. Like, I, I don't you know, want to accept your cookies. Maybe. Hmm. Guns, what's the matter, buddy? I mean, or just one time, like 40 years of rooting for this team, and just, just one time I wanted my team to, to play in that big game in that beautiful dome in Los Angeles. Dome? What about the elements? Back in my day, we didn't play in a dome. Let me tell you, back in my day, we considered football to be an honorable game. We didn't have to pass the ball every single play, and that's how we did it back in my day. It's the that's it. Right, I'm in. Go. I'm in on the musical <laughs> podcast. Purchasing the album. <laughs> so it's basically yeah. just that. It's basically like us just doing that and like transitioning a little like little like ways to get from one song to the other. And it's just a journey from the football season to the Super Bowl in L.A. We're gonna take a little journey. 
to the Super Bowl. So, like, yeah. JT obviously is incredibly talented because your dad's voice there sounded yeah. normal. Like, it, it yeah. they unaged him 10 years. The best part is that my dad's voice was great, and then it went to shit. So you're going to hear, like, mid like his second verse, because that song's like, all my dad. Like, he does a second verse of what he just did, and, like, it, it's more raspy because his voice had, like, gone. So, like, J, even JT couldn't... But it, I actually like the way it sounds in the second voice. Like, the rasp and the way JT does his magic, like, it sounds like a raspy, like, soulful, like, singer. So, like, yes, JT, I, the way he was on the show, uh, well, <laughs> we, we're airing something. Damn it. I just gave away a little seat. We, we're airing an interview we did with him that will be tomorrow, like, leading into the, like, we already did the interview with him because he was busy tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And he, that will air and he was saying, I, I just got myself rattled because I was like, oh shit, what am I, what am I revealing right now? But um, what is, what was I saying about JT? I just that rattled myself a, and I forgot. He's a magician. Um... Yeah. Oh no, no. On this, in this interview, he talks about one of his processes where he can literally take each thing and like tune, like he has this machine where it's just the way he can tune each of our like notes and move it up and down the way he needs is like, it's like, the, it's not even fair. It's so T-Pain-y. I'm just wondering how many times do you think your dad's going to play that song? Oh, he's already like, I sent it to him. He's, he's, I guarantee you. That's funny. Let's do that right now. I'm going to call him right now. Let's yeah, call like, him. I'm not even going to tell him he's on the air. I'm just going to actually, wow. I will tell him. I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to call him right now on speaker and I'm going to ask him yeah. how many times he's listened to it. A fan like a exclusive. I'm, I'm going with a uh, five. Hey, what's up? You sound good. Um, what? Being facetious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so the song, the Back in My Day song that I sent you a couple of days ago, and the musical comes out tomorrow. How, how many days have you had that? Um, I don't know. Oh, wow. It's like probably like what, five days? Yeah. Fine. How many times have you listened to it? Um, a couple of times. Don't. Come on. What are you eating? I'm eating a late dinner, actually. A dinner? Having stuffed jalapenos. That's not no, a dinner. I haven't listened to that much. Why? I don't believe you. Give me all right. What's the over? Like, just if you had to, if I was a betting man and you were settling a bet for me, just tell me the number you've listened to it and and be honest with me on Graceland. You have to like Graceland's listening right now, and you need to tell the truth. I am being honest when I tell you I've probably listened to that five times. I gar I guarantee you it's eight. Why? Just because you're, I know you. You go in the garage every like you. There's no way you've listened to that one time a day. I listen to my podcast a lot. I don't listen to other stuff. You listen to a 45 minute podcast a lot, but not a two minute song. It's only two minutes. <laughs> Whatever, two and a half. What, what kind of what kind of rebuttal is that? I don't know what you're doing here. I'm, I'm recording a <laughs> podcast. What? I'm on a podcast. What podcast are you on? <laughs> so are you, actually. Now we're gonna. Now both of us are gonna get promoted on this thing. What, what podcast am I on? The Greg Cody Show. Crystal, what are you doing right now? I'm on the Greg Cody Show. I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Why are you ambushing me? <laughs> <laughs> You're not in the middle of dinner. You're eating stuffed jalapenos. That's an appetizer. Uh, what? Am I being recorded right now? Yes. By who? Uh, or what? A podcast. Which one? It's called a podcast. It's like who's on first. 
I'm kidding. It's the fan Levitard show. I got to go. Dad, this is good. You've been great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and I have saved the best for last. And this comes from our live Twitter space that we did, our Stop the Shave rally. This is honestly my favorite thing that I've ever done on this podcast. And it's why, I mean, Mike Ryan's probably always going to be my favorite part of the show because if you want to interact with people, Mike Ryan is the person who is the most engaging. I mean, he's the one who, during the Stop the Shave, for me, why I got on board with it and loved it is I saw it as Mike Ryan was taking the show, and if you wanted more show, you got it with him on Twitter during that Stop the Shave. He was crazy uh, engaging and interactive on Twitter with people, blocking folks, all that. And so I created my 10th Twitter handle. I've, you know, I don't use them all now that often, uh, but created my Stop the Shave Twitter handle and created a whole entire fake website to go along with it and, you know, was engaging with Mike a lot, retweeting and stuff. And I just got it in my head of wouldn't it be funny to create a space that was like a Mike Ryan blocked me support group was the idea and put it on the website, tweeted it out there, set a time, scheduled a Twitter space. And then Ty, the day of, shot Mike Ryan a little DM, said, hey, you interested in coming? And he did. And so what I'm going to play for you is a little portion. I actually uh, scripted out a support groupie talking, uh, you know, in a Minnesota accent. Uh, And it was just, it was a ton of fun that, it was something that I dreamed up and got to actually do with someone on the show and felt like we were doing a bit that was a part of what the show was doing that we had created. And for me, that was just a lot of fun to do. So I'm going to play the portion where I got to do my little, oh, yeah, Mike Ryan blocked me. And then I'm going to play just maybe like uh, one caller that I thought was particularly uh, a funny interaction uh, from that so thank you if you've made it this far in the podcast thank you for listening uh, if you could follow us leave five stars subscribe to our youtube channel and i'll catch you next time enjoy listening to this uh, stop the shave rally i think what i'd like to do is uh i was reached out to uh personally by someone whose uh life mike that you touched um through a block and they uh, sent me a request that they wanted to share their story because they think it could help bring a lot of healing to others. So I'm going to go ahead and invite this person to speak now. Welcome brother. Or sister. Oh, uh, Hey, geez. Thanks for having me. Yeah. the, The name's Ed from Minnesota. And Mike Ryan, he blocked me. You know, I started out on Team Stop the Shave, and I thought, you know, I thought Mike made a vulnerable speech that touched me, and I wanted to support that. But then as time went on, I started hearing those Keeps ads. And I started to think, what if all this was just some ad campaign for Keeps? 
I felt lied and betrayed. You know, Mike Ryan, more like Mike Lyon. Cut him off. Cut him off. That's so I, that's that's cut him but, off. Cut him oh, off, oh, please. Cut him oh. off. Cut him off, please. You're. I'm. I'm sorry, sir, but uh, you know, Mike has spoken, and you know, we just can't kind of have that kind of negativity um, in here. So we're gonna have to ask. That was nasty. Uh, that person yeah. was nasty. He was. It was. It was. It was just offensive, uh, really, to hear the way that he um, perverted your name. You know, this is to what think, we're dealing with. To think that this is all part of some grand agenda, as if, I, I mean, that would be genius on so many levels, when all I'm interested in is the truth. Damn him to hell. You, you know, Mike, I'm, I'm real sorry. If I could just please share my story, I think it could help a lot of people. Do you apologize? Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry, Mike. That I said that I got caught up in what my emotions were back then and I should not have said that. You're more like Mike Truth. Uh, amen, brother. One hundred emoji. Oh okay, thanks, Mike. I'm sorry. So, you know, I think part of that process of healing though is you gotta share the dark places that you were at so people can resonate with that and recognize their own dark spaces. And then so they can see the light. So, you know, uh, when I was blocked, I, I tweeted at you. I said, if keeps is so good, why don't you prove it, young man, and shave that dome of yours? And I'm sorry for that. You know, I, I used some offensive language, you know, maybe called you a turd. Um, and I was in a dark place, you know, and very you actually blocked me then. Very nasty. I, I'm, you know, I really regret that. Uh, you know, and, and the next tweet was even worse, Mike. You know, uh, you started tweeting about that Miami team down there, the, the Hurricanes, and about their big North Carolina win. And I tweeted at you and I said, I bet it's be they won because of their illegal NIL deals. Cut them off, cut them off, cut them off, cut them off. Cut them off, cut them off, cut them off. That's enough. You know, this guy just cannot learn, you know. We try to open a space for healing and, you know, they just, they just don't, don't seem to get it. You know, I took time. I have a, a very busy schedule. I'm a very important person with many important meetings. I have constant information going back and forth between the CEO of Sheets and Giggles and myself. We're really working on something big, huge. Many are saying this, and to just have my name dragged through the mud like that, and my fair program that does everything by the book, everyone knows this, is really unfair to me this evening. Now, I feel like you're starting to waste my time here. This is supposed to be a support group, and I'm not feeling supported. Brother Mike, Brother Mike, if I may, if I may, let me just say, first off, it is a pleasure to have you here today. We are so honored. And I just want you to know that the support you have received is not only here in these wonderful United States, but we are actually in the process of collecting some of the voicemails that we have received from around the world in support of your movement. So if you will just hold on for one second, we will show you that this movement, it is truly a global phenomenon, and it is not just here in America That's that the great. people Me want to stop the, the shave. The Mexican community loves me. The Mexican community loves me. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've known this, Mike, but the Stop the Shave website's gone global. You've got supporters in Croatia, uh, you know, the United Kingdom. The the support is wide. Bigly. Huge. You know, I'd really just like one more chance here to to share. I am so sorry. I don't know what's come over me here. This is not what I usually am like. And, you know, I just want to say I'm sorry again, Mike. I feel like this is a bit. Is this a setup or are you truly sorry? I, you know, cross my heart and hope to die. I'm sorry. All right. I, I forgive you. You're still going to be blocked for a little bit because of the cane stuff that you said. But yeah. I, I think you're a deep believer in, a, in something that is deep and true, and that is that I won the bet by a lot. So yeah. let your conscience be at ease. Yeah, and I agree. You know, um, when you blocked me, it opened up my eyes, Mike. And this is, I think, the important part of the story. You know, uh, when you blocked me, things got real dark. You know, it reminded me of the Halloween blizzard in 91. You know, you fellow Minnesotans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Just snow for days. You're stuck with your candy, you're eating it, and it was it was sad. You know, I'd go on Twitter, and there's Roy tweeting about Panthers in the neutral zone, and Chris was just smashing words together and, and uh, doing basically having people do his job, asking what's funny about the weekend. And, you know, Dan, he's just tweeting about some, you know, woke rants making me feel bad for being a Midwestern white man, you know. I have black friends. I even have a Tory Hunter rookie card. Would a racist have a Tory Hunter rookie card? No, not at all. Yeah, I don't think so. He'd probably have a Frank Viola rookie card. Anyway, you know, things got pretty dark there. You know, I even ended up eating a whole can of Top of the Tater. You know, no tater, no chips, just straight out of the can with a spoon, you know? And that's when you unblocked me and I saw your account and I saw all the support and I was like, wow, what an idiot I am. You know, this this guy is a saint. This hate he receives. And I was a part of that hate. So I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm the most popular executive producer. Ty, I hear that you've got some of those voicemails that you were able to uncover them. Yes, using uh, the most powerful back channels, we have managed to acquire some of these voicemails that are uh, that are showing support for Mike Ryan and the entire Stop the Shave movement. I'm going to try to play these. Um, I, I hope you can hear them, but, but here we go. Here are some of the very legitimate voicemails that we have received from supporters of this movement. This is a lot from Russia. I am here to say Mike Ryan must not his shave head. It make men weak. It make men as penis full of. This is no good for anyone. Let Mike Ryan keep hair. Stop the shave. Hi there. Powerful stuff, that. If you heard that. Incredibly powerful stuff. We've wow. got more. That was wonderful. Thank you. Please keep sharing. Let's hear one more. In football. The spirit of the beat is what matters. Mikirian shoot. Not shave hit. Stop shoot shave hit. Stop the shave. That is incredible right there. Truly international. And we've got one more. And this is a celebrity one. And Mike Ryan, I know you have had all of Hollywood come to your aid and your defense on this. And I think you're going to be 
pretty pleased with the last one that we have here from a celebrity that you all may have heard of. This is American singer-songwriter Britney Spears. I am here to say stop the shave. Now if you will excuse me, I need to rest am I broken foot. Singer-songwriter Britney Spears Incredible. is in your corner, Mike Ryan. Incredible. And you could hear that uh, the charming southern draw that was kind of taken away from her as she made the press rounds. Now that mm -hmm. uh, she is once again living a life that is, is free, you can hear that proud Louisiana accent um, so vividly. It was really beautiful to hear. Those incredibly real and legitimate voicemails speak to the power of this movement. The movement that has drawn more than 200 of you here tonight. And it just, it warms my heart. Many are saying and thousands. Yeah, m many are saying thousands. Yeah. Some, are saying, some are saying millions. I've heard this is the biggest space that Twitter's ever had and much bigger than any space Obama's been in. Millions, definitely. Yeah, up to nine and a half. I, I saw some unflattering screen caps out there. That's, that's where we put the media. That is, that is not uh, indicative of the throngs of people that have shown up at this, at this space, no doubt. There's, there's people and supporters. We actually had an additional space for overflow. Well, we didn't need it, thankfully, because it's a one-time big tech actually came through in support of me. But uh, yeah, the, the support is just totally overwhelming. Uh, let's, let's go to Justin. Matt, Matt, you dropped the ball. How's it going, guys? Welcome, brother. Good. Share your story. So, um, not really sure of the story, but like my whole opinion on it is, uh, I originally actually was for the shave, but being around your age and having had to shave my hair, um, not intentionally, I would have to say that, uh, I understand you not wanting to get rid of the hair. And uh, being it when you start to get as old as we are, you're not able to grow it back as easy. I don't know what you're but, insinuating, but you better get to a compliment real yeah, quick here. Right now. Well, okay. Right now. No, no. I mean, you were – honestly, all right. So, like, me personally, I had cancer, so I wasn't able to keep my hair, and I love to grow it out down to my shoulder. And, yeah, Mike Ryan's a good-looking dude. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to uh, have him shave his head if, you know – especially. Okay, good enough. Wow, that was Yeah, that, that works. Thank you yeah. for your service.